everyone. Welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci. And Scott Jans. This is episode 51, Duck, Duck, Goose, Down Bags. Trust the Trail is sponsored by Blueberry Hosting. If you're looking for a cloud service to host your podcast, look no further than Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. And get one free month of hosting just by listening to our podcast. Just type in Trust the Trail and you will get one free month. That's very, very cool. Or you can go to the backpacker.tv under Trust the Trail podcast and click on the banner that says one free month of hosting. On this episode, we talk all about sleeping bags from down to synthetic and everything in between. We will offer you some pro tips on how to maximize your sleeping bag's life and loft, and then answer the age-old question, what is the best sleeping bag out there? So this is probably one of the biggest or most popular questions that not only we get asked a lot, but we see on different backpacking forums. And it usually starts out like this. I'm going backpacking this weekend. What is the best sleeping bag to buy? <laughs> That's exactly how it goes. <laughs> and it's, you know, what I, I cringe. You're like, wait, 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 let's back up. I have so many questions. <laughs> I know. I want to actually go and ring their doorbell and interview them. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, not to make fun of that question at all, but that's like going into a car dealership and say, hey, you know, I'm learning to drive. What is the very best car I can buy? I mean, I mean, that's a really good comparison. The Porsche dealer is going to be super excited, you know, um, but let's face it. We're not, you know, you're not, you may not be Porsche ready yet. You may be like, you know, Ford Mercury, you know, ready, you know, and Ford Mercury. I know that just showed my age. I don't even think they make those anymore. (laughs) Much like most of the sleeping bags that people use out there. Um, But so, so asking that question, it's very relative. My first, um, the first thing I want to kind of go out, go over is that, you know, there's, there's a huge difference in the marketplace now, um, that you have a selection from and technology is changing very fast in the sleeping bag market. And so, um, but the three questions that we always, um, tell you to ask yourself is where are you going? How long are you going to be there? And is weight important to you? And so that right there could can, can kind of help you at least start choosing a sleeping bag. But quite frankly, I mean, if somebody asks that question, I can put them in a $800 sleeping bag, which is custom made, or a $45 sleeping bag that you can buy at, you know, your local outfitters and or Walmart. So it really kind of depends on what you're looking for. So, um, I guess for the sake of basics, let's kind of break this down into three different categories because that's really how sleeping bags are made. You have your synthetic sleeping bags and there's a different, there's a wide variety of how synthetic sleeping bags are made. And then you have your goose down bags. There's a variety of the fill or how much goose feathers they put in the bag for the loft. And then you have your duck down sleeping bags. Also known as dry down. And they most of the time are treated with a chemical to treat duck down feathers. So the duck down feathers 
can be somewhat water resistant. Huge difference between waterproof and water resistant. Um, and so those are kind of like your three main categories of sleeping bags. And of course, there are hundreds and hundreds of bags in each of those categories. Primarily, the first thing that you look for is where are you going? Well, that's a huge one in deciding what type of sleeping bag you're going to actually bring with you. I would say probably 90% of backpackers probably have both a synthetic and a down bag. Right. Well, because of environmental factors alone. Absolutely. So let's take two let's take two of our longest trails or two of our most popular trails in the country. Let's start with the Pacific Crest Trail on the west side of the United States and the Appalachian Trail on the east side of the United States. And I'm going to do a through hike and I'm going to start in springtime. You're getting controversial already. <laughs> Not really because it's really the same because those two those two trails have much um, of the same traits. Um, it's just different temperatures yeah, yeah, yeah. and different climate. So if someone says, I'm going to through hike or I'm going to hike the Appalachian Trail in early spring, I want a really, really good sleeping bag. Okay, so let's let's take a look at that. The next question I ask them, are you a cold sleeper or are you a warm sleeper? And then based on that answer, I then ask them, have you done a lot of backpacking before or are you relatively new? The next question I would then ask is what what type of what type of packing system do you have? Do you have compression bags or are you shoving your sleeping bag just right in your backpack or are you carrying it outside your backpack, which I see a lot? Those are all questions that you kind of have to start asking when you want to decide what kind of sleeping bag is right for that trail, for the Appalachian Trail specifically. I would then say, okay, after we kind of get through those questions, then we ask, okay, what kind of sleeping pad do you have? Now, why would I ask that question? Well, that's a huge, huge factor in your sleeping bag purchase. Why? Because is your sleeping pad insulated or is it not insulated? If you just have an air sleeping bag pad, that means your sleeping bag, your sleeping pad is actually going to be colder much colder than if you would have bought an insulated sleeping pad. So right there, that tells me a little bit. What clothes will you be wearing when you get in your sleeping bag at night? I want to see them. Are they wool? What what are they? Because that also plays a huge factor in how you're going to trap your body heat once you get in your sleeping bag. So I kind of work backwards when I talk to uh, new backpackers or I'm trying to consult or, you know, we're, we're taking people on our boot camping class. You know, what is, you know, what is your sleeping style? Because your sleeping style is really going to help you choose your sleeping bag. Oh, without doubt. Absolutely. So yeah, let's take your cold sleeper, female cold sleeper. Um, I'm going to sleep. It's in... always a female, isn't it? Females. 
<laughs> well, so true. They're harder to <laughs> fit, uh, I guess, sometimes. But you know, let's take a female, um, and uh, they're a cold sleeper. Uh, they haven't really done a lot of backpacking before. They sleep in stretchy pants, and um, you know, they wear their socks to bed. Um, but they have bought a uh, Aircore, a Big Agnes Aircore. It's not insulated. It's an air, just regular air pad that they blow up. And um, they're gonna they're gonna go up and hike the Appalachian Trail. Well, I can tell you right there, if they think that they're gonna be comfortable in a 20 degree 20 degree sleeping bag in the early spring, especially with the weather we've had this year, I would say if you're a cold sleeper, the very first thing you do do is drop 10 degrees from where you think that sleeping bag is gonna keep you comfortable. Because the EN ratings now say, hey man, you know, you're gonna be warm and comfy at around 20 degrees. Yeah, okay. we're gonna go into EN ratings. We're gonna go into EN ratings, but I would venture to say, if you're a cold sleeper, always drop 10 degrees. And so, you know, that's a huge deciding factor on what your sleeping bag, and it doesn't really make any difference at this point, whether it's in synthetic down, and we'll kind of get into a little bit more about that, but there's a huge difference between between the, the three bags. If you're gonna go on the Pacific Crest Trail, that may be a completely different climate where you don't have the humidity that you do on the Southeast. And so you could probably get away with a much more loftier bag, probably down for sure, um, whereas in the Southeast, it's a little bit moisture, you have a little bit more humidity. And with the technology that's coming around the corner with synthetic bags, you know, you may want to look at a synthetic bag. It's really in how you sleep. Yeah. I mean, it is in how you sleep. I mean, the basics between a synthetic and, and down truly, I, it really is price. Price is a big factor between the two. Um, but it's also about compression and weight. And I think, you know, that's what a lot of people are looking at is how compressed can I get my bag? Well, I have to go down, don't I, to compress it the way I need to compress it. So well, you know, that's a funny thing because, you know, um, a few years ago, I would have said yes. You know, you definitely have to go... Um, down bag to get that small compression, but here's here's the thing now. So synthetic bags, because of the way they're made, they're really uh, fibers being stretched into a, a into like a polyfoam type situation where that polyfoam can really really be compressible. So you can get synthetic bags pretty compressible. The problem with that is that the more you compress your synthetic bag, the more you break those fibers. And the more you break those fibers, the less insulation you actually have in your sleeping bag. That's also kind of the truth with down bags, with goose down bags. And we're gonna kind of give you a pro tip in a minute, but when you compress your goose down bag into a grapefruit, you're also actually compressing the feathers and so there's kind of a a trick if you're not getting the right if you're not feeling warm and cozy in your down bag you may be not lofting it right away and so we kind of want to talk a little bit about that also so let's explain the difference between synthetic down and dry down so first of all synthetic is a sleeping bag made of polyfoam they're made out of fibers that um, those fibers can get wet so if you see a EN rating of a 20 degree synthetic sleeping bag, 
that means that that bag can get pretty, pretty soaking wet and keep that 20 degree EN rating, okay? So synthetic bags are, they do not have any kind of feathers in them. They don't have, they have very little lofting ability, um, although they do loft because it's polyfoam. And so they, um, they're a little bit harder to compress. Uh, although technology has really, really come a long way in synthetic bags. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very intricate fiber, almost like a spider web. Yeah, exactly. You know? And they can break down if you compress that bag too tight. Too tight, yeah. The other type of bag is goose down. A goose down is kind of like the Cadillac of uh, sleeping bags. It's a <laughs> very, very elite expensive bag because goose, goose feathers have become quite pricey in the marketplace. Goose down has a specific fill. So it can either be 650 fill, it could be 800, it could be 850 fill, and that's the fill of the sleeping bag oven itself. Right, and it's often, um, you know, segmented into, uh, you know, sewn off like plumes of feathers that and are baffles like, right exactly yeah, absolutely um, and so that's how you're keeping your feathers in a very small little compartment to keep that regulated warmth in that little pocket and it's all throughout the bag absolutely goose down feathers can also break down unfortunately goose down feathers can't get wet if your sleeping bag gets soaking wet and you have a goose down sleeping bag, you have lost your R value or your EN rating. So if you have an EN rating of 20 degrees and you have a goose down bag and your goose down bag is soaking wet, that bag is no longer 20 degrees. Right, so this is where it becomes so important for like knowing where you're going. If you are in a relatively humid environment, um, you know, or Perhaps a rainforest. Exactly. If you're backpacking the Amazon rainforest. You are down probably is not is the bag. Not for you. the wisest choice because you can get over a thirty percent loss in like the lofting of you know your plumes and your feathers, and and that actually equates to anywhere from a fifteen degree or greater difference in your EN rating. And we're about to go into that in a second. So. You can see where, you know, down in a very humid or wet environment can be very detrimental to maintaining your, you know, warmth value. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the biggest difference outside of cost and compressibility and like just the cuddliness that down becomes. Yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that. Absolutely. I mean, that's like that's the biggest. Those are the kind of the biggest differences to like kind of in the back of your head think about although i will say technology is growing leaps and bounds on us and you know all this information is going to be very comparable i think down the road very quickly yeah i really do see synthetic and down being very very uh com competitive uh down on the marketplace in the next five years uh, i know it's exciting it but... is pretty exciting um and then you have duck down I got duck down because um, because goose has gotten so expensive uh, to 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 make uh, that the manufacturers have gone to a little bit of a less expensive feather, and that's the duck down. Now, the big th big change in the marketplace happened about five years ago was that you could treat duck down feathers um, 
with a water resistant um, treatment. Now I've seen this treatment when I worked at REI. I, have, I actually saw them uh, sample what what happened to duck down. They actually poured water on a duck down feather and the water bounced off the feather. It was pretty amazing. Uh, this is a, this you'll, you'll see bags, uh, whether you go to REI or some of your other uh, outfitters and it'll say dry down. When it says dry down, more than, uh, more than enough, it's probably gonna be a duck down product. I have not seen them treat goose down feathers yet. Um, if I'm wrong, please let me know. I've not seen that on the marketplace yet, but uh, dry down is certainly an alternative and a less expensive version of the goose down sleeping bag. And of course you can get the dry down in different fill types too of 600 and 800 fill dry down. Dry down um, in a treated uh, sleeping bag, if that dry down is, or duck down feathers are treated, it's only water resistant. Again, water resistant. So if you have fallen into a river and your pack is in the river on you, and your sleeping bag gets soaking wet, you have lost our value in that sleeping bag. So, however, in high humidity climates and in maybe like a, a misty rain, uh, your sleeping bag could get moist and it would still hold its R value because the feathers have been treated. So that's kind of the big difference. Synthetic can get wet and hold its R value. Heavier, a little bit less compressible. Goose down Cheaper can too cheaper well, synthetic. It, it, it's cheaper goose down highly expensive or more expensive cannot get wet at all um, you need a little bit more tender loving care on that bag um, and then duck down dry down is a little bit less expensive than the goose down um, most duck, more expensive than synthetic mo more expensive than synthetic most of those duck down feathers have been treated now with a treatment called dry down and they usually have a tag on that sleeping bag says treated dry down and um kelty actually i think started that first i'm not sure um and that can get a little moist and high humidity compress as well all right so let's go into i like the warmth rating on sleeping bags because now once you've determined exactly where you're going now you want to look at the R value that it provides. So you really are basically putting your sleeping bags into three main categories. And this is like, you know, where are you going? When are you going? And how long are you going to be there? So, you know, you have your summer bags. Your summer bags are typically going to be above 30 degrees um, in, in, in an Ian rating. You, then you have your three season sleeping bags, which pretty much gonna give you fall, spring, and summer. Then you have your winter bags, and your winter bags are really not just for if you're backpacking in winter, but these are gonna fall below your 20 degree mark. So if you are looking at a 20 degree sleeping bag, you know, you're probably falling within the three season range. Anything lower than that is going to be a winter bag and that's when you start getting into very expensive bags you know like these these very special you know bags minus 15 degrees that kind of thing and that's a little bit of the you know 
excuse the pun, but that's kind of like the trick bag people <laughs> get into because... Oh, I'm going to be going in winter, but... Or let's say they're going to go in spring and springtime in low elevation is, um, let's say, let's give it a warm spring night at 62 degrees. Right. And it's a springtime, beautiful weather, flowers are blooming, and they go, hey, I'm going to go up high in elevation up in the southeast where... The night is probably only a few degrees above freezing. Right. And so when you're at that outfitter store and it's warm and it's sunny and you're thinking, what kind of sleeping bag should I buy? And the salesperson tells you, well, you should get this bag and it's like a 30 degree bag. Well, that may not be warm enough for you because where you're going again, you have to look at where the temperatures of where I'm actually going to be sleeping in the bag, right. not where you're buying the bag at. Not only do you have wind con to contend with when you're on mountaintops and you know, you're in mountain ranges, but you also have elevation, which is very different than your basic weather reports based out of you know towns and cities at very low elevation absolutely so again taking our two trails the pacific crest trail and the appalachian trail the appalachian trail is on a ridge okay you are you are that the appalachian mountains of in itself is a weather system you are constantly <laughs> battling you know uh nor'easters coming up from uh the uh you know the the northern western part of the hemisphere coming up and through and then you're you're also dealing with the gulf that's coming up and pushing on the east side of the mountain so you know you are you are in some really windy and you know crappy conditions up on the appalachian mountains most of the time and that's not a good day you know so then you take your pacific crest trail where you're probably not going to deal with humidity. It's going to be a really dry heat. And at night, that desert cold, I mean, you could go literally from 80, 85, 90 degrees during the day to, to very, high 30s, yeah. low 40s at night. Yeah. And, and, because, and you probably don't have much cloud cover. So all that heat is completely evaporating from the ground and it's going to be really chilly. So you have the two different types of climate. And again, that's when you ask yourself, am I a cold sleeper? Am I a warm sleeper? How am I sleeping? What's my sleeping system? What's my sleeping pad? What ground am I sleeping at? And what elevation am I going to be sleeping at? Did you guys just get overwhelmed by all those questions? <laughs> <laughs> we will break all those down and many more in just a second. But let's focus strictly on EN rating. So an EN rating, and you've heard it time and time again, it's the R value in EN rating. It's pretty much the temperature control at which you're making a purchase at. So um, it's a it's a European criteria that pretty much it's 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 something done in a lab. So what they've done is they've taken mannequins and in a lab they have put heat sensors on these mannequins and it's pretty much the comparable measurement between one bag's rating to the next bag to offer you a, a very, you know, level comparison between how warm or cold 
the, the mannequin readings come out in the end um, based on all very level criteria. I know. How lazy are the scientists now to put a mannequin in a bag? Actually, it's pretty brilliant because everybody sleeps differently. I know. That's why they should take the group of people and go up <laughs> on the mountain and actually, uh, okay, how did you sleep? I, I froze completely. Okay, that's check. You know. <laughs> but yeah. you and I sleeping side by side. On the same mountaintop, in the right. same exact bag, we're gonna have very different. Oh, sleep. We, co- we sleep completely different. You can't take different. a human. Right. That's right. <laughs> For a very comparable reading, you might be shocked to actually learn that. I never really trust military either. You know, they just always look so stiff in the windows when I, you know, at the stores. They just, they don't seem very friendly. Are you I mean, window shopping a lot? Oh, you know, you I tend you can, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't I just don't trust them. So Ian ratings are actually you know, unless something has altered in the past, you know, however six months, you know, Ian ratings are not by any chance a um, they're not required by law. And military does not have to follow this. And and very, very, very specialized sleeping bags like dead of winter. Like, talking about Everest here, they don't. I don't have think they're going apply. by the EN rating. I got news for you. I don't think. I don't think they're paying attention to the EN rating. The EN rating is an average rating, and there's a certain well, criteria it, it that they're made applying everybody for. Everybody fall into this false sense you know, of security. This, this this blanketed number. So there's some kind of comparison between all the different types of you know brands and I you know products within those brands. So when you're looking at Ian ratings, there's multiple factors on the tag itself. And you're just like, well, I don't even know what half of this means. It means, you know, I mean, it ranges from everywhere to like upper limit, comfort, lower limit, extreme. And you're like, what do I fall within? I I don't know. Cause there's different variations be, you know, within those limitations. So really what you want to, let's make this very simple for you guys. There's two numbers that you guys need to look for and considering when looking for purchasing your sleeping bag based on your comfort level. So the Ian comfort rating and the Ian lower limit rating, those are the two that you guys really need to focus on. Everything else, just take out of your mind. The comfort rating indicates the lowest temperature in which an average woman will sleep comfortably in that bag in a relaxed position. I'm not really sure what that means. I have no exactly. idea what's relaxed. I have no idea. <laughs> but if you're female, you're going to look at that comfort rating. So if if you are relaxed. And you're meditating and you're like in a Zen moment and you're completely relaxed. No, I think relaxed. it's just like if you're not like curled up into like this gotcha. like ball. Right. You know? Right. The lower limit, the lowest limit that you're looking at, that indicates the lowest temperature in which an average man will sleep comfortably in a curled position. Now, why is it that the men and the women are sleeping differently? The women's are relaxed and the men are curled because it. In my bed, I'm the curled one. Yeah, I know. And we have like five blankets on right, the bed. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But this gives you a general <laughs> look at male versus female because let's face it, men and women have very different regulation, like heat-wise, in their in their body and how they regulate their temperature. 
And so you're looking at the comfort rating and then the low limit rating. And that will give you a little bit of a better idea of how you can kind of gauge how you sleep out in the back country. Yeah, and the in ratings also are, um, they they have a couple different things that they they do to get that, that rating. One, they are assuming that you are sleeping in one layer of clothing, and that's long underwear. Typically so, like a cotton, and uh, not a cotton, wool. I'm sorry, a wool or so, synthetic blend. So merino wool, one layer, they're assuming you're sleeping on that. They're also assuming that you're sleeping on a one inch absolutely sleeping pad which is important to note now that's hugely important because the sleeping pad debate is almost as crazy as a sleeping bag debate and you know there's a million different sleeping pads out there so that's why you know like i talked in the beginning of working backwards what kind of sleeping pad are you going to have you determine that and that will help you buy your sleeping bag because your sleeping pad is hugely important on how you stay warm out there. Well, absolutely. It's almost everything. It's almost everything. You know, that's why people put too much weight in their sleeping bag and then they don't put a lot of investment or weight in their sleeping pad. Well, exactly. And so you have this whole lightweight debate going on where it's like, how light can you get? Well, I don't want to carry the pound or excess in a pound in a sleeping pad where, you know, I'll just take like a little mat or just protect like my hip area, you know, and say, okay, well, that's sufficient enough for me. Well, you're sleeping on the ground. So what's happening is you're absorbing the ground's chill. Yep. And it's coming directly in and no amount of synthetic fibers, no amount of, down. you know, down, um, plumes or anything is going to combat the earth's cold, you know, and, oh, yeah, and, and you're absorbing that. And so, you know, having an insulated pad is, is everything in terms of, you know, keeping these EN ratings as close to what the, you know, what they're, what they're designated as. And there's so many other factors that come into that. But so for me, I, I sleep, year around with a 15 degree sleeping bag yeah yeah and right now like five blankets on the bed and it's it's a down sleeping bag and and i sleep with a 15 degree now when it gets cold very very cold in the winter i'll add in a liner you know and and i drop that to about a zero degree bag yeah now i'm a hot sleeper and i've never ever other than when I, I go alpine and I have a minus 15 degree feathered friends uh, sleeping bag. But other than that, I'm pretty okay with my 15 degree sleeping bag. It's a down bag. It's a goose down bag. It's an 850 fill goose down marmot bag. And I, I've never, ha- you know, have I been chilly? Yeah. Well, I just put on a goose down jacket You know, I just put on my puffy jacket and then it just kind of adds an extra layer. But I've never really been too cold in my 15-degree bag. He's at the lower limit, curled in a yeah, right. fetal position. That's right. <laughs> I'm not relaxed. Not relaxed. <laughs> Absolutely. So there's so many factors. What we want to kind of express to you is that, you know, okay, you have your different types of bag versus, like, fill. Now you have your different Ian ratings out there. 
Whereas like it can go all across the spectrum. You know, again, where are you going? When are you going? Um, you know, how long are you going to be out there? You know, for me, for me, I'm a very cold sleeper. So I, I definitely need the 15 degree year round, but we're also in elevation too. Whereas you, you're using your 15 degree sleeping bag as like a, a blanket and your half of your body is, is out of it. Yep. So, you know, there's so many factors to consider, you know, men versus, you know, a male versus a female, you know, elevation, where are you going, weather, environment, um, and like how you just comfortably sleep in general. And, you know, I have to, I have this weird thing where I have to have something covering my shoulder at all times. All times. It doesn't matter how hot I am. I could be sweltering, but if my shoulder isn't covered, I can't fall asleep. And so it's like, you have to know yourself so well to be able to kind of gauge where I'm going. And, and that's the other thing is that it's not just about the sleeping bag. Like we want to make sure you understand it's your sleep system. That's right. And a sleeping bag is just one individual purchase for the entire sleep system. Your sleep system is going to be a constant ebb and flow in fluctuating where you're going, you know, how long are you going to be, gonna be there? And is weight important <laughs> to you? And and it and it's constantly going to be this battle of like trying to like tweak this or tweak that or figure this out. And, and eventually you will come to a system. It is not perfect in any way. And it's constantly changing on your location, your environment, you know, um, the weather, the season, that kind of thing. So a sleeping bag is not just the answer. It's your sleep system. And I don't yeah. know if I can explain that well, well enough. And, and that's why we, that's why we teach, um, to work backwards. Um, don't be so quick to get to go out and buy a sleeping bag, work backwards. So, you know, what are you gonna wear to bed? What's your sleeping pad? Are you sleeping in a tent or are you sleeping in a hammock? You know, where are you gonna be? Are you gonna be up on a ridge most of your hike or are you gonna be out flat on a, in the desert? Where are you gonna be? Because I can assure you if you say, oh, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a cold sleeper, I need a 15 degree bag year round, like I do, right? Well, I also have, a three I also have a four season sleeping pad so right I I may be like well I need a zero degree bag I, I have slept in his minus 15 degree bag on a 30 degree night before yeah. because I've been freezing my ass yeah off. it just it just kind of it just kind of depends you know so we're gonna answer some questions about what um, what we get all the time as far as you know what the best is so what's our first question what is the best sleeping bag to buy? That is like the notorious, um, the best question. And here's the answer. The best is? The one that you like the best. <laughs> so uh, I know that's a loaded question. So if you want to know what the best is, look at, um, you know, Western Mountaineering. Those sleeping bags run about $800. And so those are the best. Those are very lightweight. They're all goose down bags, um, feathered friends. They are all handmade sleeping bags. They are custom made bags to order. So when you buy a feathered friends bag, 
those guys go in the back and they make your sleeping bag for you. By specification. By specification. So those are some of the best. Now, if you're asking us what the best sleeping bag for your budget, and by the way, you're gonna be backpacking the Pacific Crest Trail and you're a cold sleeper and you have an insulated mattress pad you're a and sleeper. you're going to be and you're going to be you're sleeping a... in 1 inch of Merlewool uh long johns then we have an answer for you then it's definitely a down bag a goose down bag and depending on what the weather's going to be probably a 15 to 20 degree sleeping bag as you get into the Sierras and on the Pacific Crest Trail, guess what? You're gonna be using two sleeping bags. You're gonna be using one you start with, one when you get up into high elevations, and probably one that you finish with. So it 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 changes um, and if you're asking what the best on the Appalachian Trail is, I'd probably start looking at the duck down and the dry down bags that can get a little moist because we have so much humidity in the southeast. You know, you have fog rolling in all the time and guess what? Fog is moisture. So your stuff is always wet, especially in the springtime. So, you know, look at the dry down, look at those uh, duck down bags are a little bit cheaper. Um, the, your, your price point's a little bit better and definitely, definitely look for a 15 degree bag when you're starting out the Appalachian Trail. And guess what? You're going to be using two sleeping bags. Not simultaneously, but... <laughs> to finish the trail, absolutely. <laughs> Throughout the, you know, the, the longevity of your hike. So other questions that we receive um, are, you know, pretty, pretty run-of-the-mill all across the board. One is, I don't feel as though my sleeping bag is keeping me warm enough. That is... That, I mean, that's something, that question I, a lot. that's something I actually started asking when I started getting into backpacking. I'm like, I don't understand. We look at the sleeping pad. That's the first thing we look at. What's your ground cloth like? You know, what are you wearing to bed? And um, it's usually the sleeping pad that is the culprit. More often than not. And also sometimes that people um, overbuy their bag. And so they buy a bag that's too large for them. And so what happens when you buy a bag that's too large for you is two things are going to happen. Your feet are going to always be cold. Which is another question Which is that another we get. question My we get. My feet are always cold. And it's usually because the more airspace you have in your sleeping bag, that's dead airspace. And cold air is dead airspace. So when it's... Um, when it's chilly outside, when it's cold out at night, that dead airspace turns into cool, cold air. And, and you feel like there's a draft in your sleeping bag. You remember that. <laughs> That's a whole nother story. <laughs> um, and people say, there's a draft in my sleeping bag. I'm like, no, no, there's not a draft. It's just that you have there, too much cold, dead, dead airspace in your so, bag. Sometimes there's a draft in the sleeping bag. I swear. I'm sure I'm sure our listeners can completely relate. But another um you know, it, it, and it and it does change too. Like your sleeping bag may not be keeping you warm enough because you're in different elevation, you're facing different wind patterns, you're completely in a different environment. Perhaps you only have a budget for one sleeping bag in your life and that's okay add in a liner liners 
for a sleeping bag comes in all different shapes and sizes and, and material. And so, you know, you have um, silk liners, satin liners, you have cotton liners or blends of cotton, I should say. I cannot express to you the difference a liner can make in Yeah, winter. absolutely. It's huge. And, and it's it saves huge. you a lot of money. You can get your sleeping bag another, um, you know, 15 degrees warmer. I mean, you can go anywhere from, I believe, don't quote me on the low end, but maybe it's around 15 degrees, but you can get them as high as 25 degree difference in your sleeping bag. Again, all other factors that we've discussed, you know, are maintained the same, but a liner can make the difference between a budget friendly, you know, make this now a winter bag versus, you know, make this a three season kind of bag. Um, another question we always get is why is there always moisture in my sleeping bag? I wake up in the morning and it's wet inside. Uh, that's normally because uh, people put their head in their sleeping bag and, you know, they're chilly. And so they put their entire head in their bag and they're breathing while you're you're exhaling and you're causing condensation in your sleeping bag and you're your own worst enemy. You're your own worst enemy. <laughs> and so uh we get that question a lot and people are like, I oh my god, I did sleep with my head in my sleeping bag last night. And I, I you know, I tell them stop it. And so <laughs> um sleeping bags aren't really meant for that anyway. That's why you uh, the sleeping bags that have a hood on them, you can zip them up all the way to your little yep. nose and mouth are just sticking out <laughs> of the sleeping bag, and that's really what they're meant for. Um, so if you are, if you feel like your sleeping bag is getting moisture inside your bag, um, find out if you're if you're putting your entire head in your sleeping bag at night. That usually makes the difference. Um, I've been I've done that before. You know, I've done that before. Uh, yeah, it. You know, sometimes <laughs> you get a chilly night and it feels good to put your head in your bag, but you you can create condensation in your sleeping bag. So you know, and another one is is you're um, you know absorbing the ground's moisture, so there's condensation that forms there. Yeah, um, in the, the southeast times, there's fog. I mean, there's yeah. moisture everywhere. It's flowing through every. It's flowing everywhere. If you're, yeah. If you are sleeping in fog, you're sleeping in moisture. Right. Right. So you heard cowboy camping <laughs> or you know condensation that forms in your tent or your tarp or whatnot so a lot of that has to do with it but the inside of your bag if you can keep warm that is ultimately what is going to make the difference for you so we told you about pro tips for maximizing your sleeping bags life and loft here is the deal don't compress your sleeping bag when it's wet highly important Um, especially for down, if you compress it when it's wet, it won't loft until it dries. Got it? Another thing is, is, you know, you, if you do buy a, you know, a down sleeping bag of any type of down, you need to make sure that you loft it for a certain amount of time before you get into it. At least 30 minutes before you get into your sleeping bag. Right. Because otherwise you're not getting the full you know en rating you know that is designated maximizing the the down exactly so you've loved it you've you've used it you've believed in it you've you've had it it's your it is your sleeping bag here is a pro tip for maintaining the life of it you can hang it by the little loops on the end have you guys seen that Typically, I just like tie my dog up to it. 
just right. like loop my dog's leash right. up at the bottom. But really, they're there for a reason. Um, you can go ahead and hang them um, in your home. When you get home, never keep your bag compressed. You, If you keep your bag compressed, you are going to ruin the longevity of what it's intended to be. They're expensive. I know you don't want to lose all that money. So you can hang them by that. But if you're short on space, lay your bag under your bed or lay your bag in some kind of area so it can stay fully lofted and completely out of your way to maintain its you know, loft and it's in its longevity. So huge and important. One last thing, never leave, never leave wet, you know, gear. gear. Yeah. Never leave wet gear. <laughs> Compactable. No, never. Never. Always let it air dry. Now UV rays are destructive to gear. We all know this, but for a very short period of time, it is okay to do so. So so thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast today. We really super appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much for all the comments too. If you love our podcast, please help us spread the word by giving us a review on iTunes. It definitely helps spread the podcast love. We really appreciate everybody who's done that so far. So give us a review on iTunes. And the next thing we wanna do on a side note is we're thinking about doing our podcast live kind of like behind the scenes on our YouTube channel, The Backpacker TV. You know you want to see how this is done. But we're going to leave it up to you. If that's something you'd be interested in watching, so you can kind of see us uh, behind the scenes and how we put the podcast together, we do that live on The Backpacker TV YouTube channel. Give us a line. Drop us an email at us at thebackpacker.tv. Ariana and I will get that. And let us know what you think. Give us if, your feedback on yeah, that. We'd love enough, that. If we get enough interest, we will. We do it definitely for you. do it. Absolutely. Our podcasts are available on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you're a Droid user, you can download it on Podbean. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate that. If you have any questions about our sleeping bag podcast tonight, please go ahead and email us. We're always happy to answer any, any questions that you have. And we will see you next week. And remember, trust the trail. Bye, you guys. Thanks for listening.